Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Ray. I'm Alexander. Welcome back to another episode of... Mostly Mistakes. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. It's your girl Raifa here. Hello Alex. And your boy Alex Reads. And your boy Alex Reads. Yeah, back here for another week of book talk, pop culture talk. So sorry we've been away for a... I know, um, we've actually been away and... A few weeks. What have we been doing? Um, we've been busy. We've been doing stuff. We're gonna, <laughs> oh my God, yes we have yeah, been doing stuff. Things are going to come out very yeah. soon. So hopefully... Surprises. You enjoy, you yeah. enjoy this stuff. But how's your how's your week been? How's everything? My week been. Um, I've been very busy at work, um, and so that's been keeping me away and busy and booked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a really nice few weeks. Like it's just been nice. You know when you're just like ah, like Q two Q two is starting. Um, I love April. I feel like April. Don't roll your eyes. Q2 is starting. starting. Let's say spring is coming. No, Q2 is starting. And um, I like to get a nice spa each time, like, you know, a new season comes. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited for my next um, spa day. Okay. Yeah, like, spring is always great. It's just like rebirth, reliving, regrowth. It's like ashes to ashes. All right, so my week, um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me give Ray the Sorry. mic. I was going to say ashes, to, ashes turning into Phoenix, and then I was like, ashes too, and I was like, <gasps> Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, How's your week been, Alex? My week's been good. Yeah. Um, I, did a, I, went, I was on a panel with um, the amazing Nancy from Afrida, uh, Mo Chunks, and uh, one of my friends, Mike. Amanihi from uh, the Common Sense Network. What was the panel um, about? It was a the We Are Black Journalists panel. Ooh. And um, we were talking about journalism. We were talking about brand building. We were yeah. talking about everything. So shout out to Hannah Ojala and the team. Nice. Um, about that. Shout out to Afrida because I know Afrida. that they've just relaunched themselves. They have relaunched a new like yeah. um, label, sorry, like 
you know, and it's so gorgeous. It's like the A, but it's like, yeah, yeah, like an A, but it's not fully A. It's real, you know, contemporary and Mm avant-garde. So shout out to you guys. And they also have a new app. Yeah, they have a new app. Yeah. So shout out to everybody that was involved in that, man. Like incredible stuff. I mean, the platform for like, we are black journalists. Like, I think it's one of those long overdue things um, that... I see in loads of other different professions. Um, I saw like, you know, the black lawyers, um, collectives, and then there's med- doctors and all these other mm. places. And, you know, for our generation, we n- really need to have a collection of people that are working in journalism and have an understanding of what journalism is like for black people in it. And, yeah. Um, it was just great being around people who just kind of get it. Because, you know, there's only so much I can kind of tell the people that aren't journalists yeah. about working in journalism. Because yeah. I'm just like, you won't understand yeah. it unless you've been in it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, so shout out to Hannah Ajala. Um, amazing, amazing journalist. And for putting on such a great event. I forget, like, the things that we've been to because... <clears throat> oh, actually, we are judges of the... The British Book Awards. Yeah, commonly known as the Nibbies. The Nibbies, yeah. Um, and that was fun. We got to judge those. And yeah. Looking forward to, f- you know, reading all the winners, yeah. all the different yeah. categories in mm-hmm. May. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Fabulous. It, it's going to be fun. It's yeah. Be fun. Um, but yeah, without further ado, should we get into the show? Let's do mostly news. What has <sighs> been happening? Ooh, no, before that. I'm gonna do, oh, you got something else? I'm going to do Who's Lit. You want to do Who's Lit now? Yeah. All right, let's do Who's Lit. Usually comes before, hopefully we just do it before. Um, Who are we quick, shouting out? a quick shout out to Isha Weber. So the other week, um, so this is slightly old. Oh, yeah. Slightly old, but I just thought I would mention her anyway. But yeah. Isha Weber, she did a presentation. Um, I think it was Goldsmiths Uni or UCL, cannot remember. But she did a presentation, a, a, a showcasing diversity in the media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she used us as an example. Oh, thank you. And that was amazing. And we were alongside the friend zone and media diversified. Yeah. And it's just a great presentation. And I saw the tweets and I saw the friend zone shouted us out. And it was just a great. It's so great, cool it that the, fr- um, the friend zone shouted us out. Obviously, as you guys know, we recorded with them, good heavens, I think in 2017. Yeah, two years ago now. Yeah, summer 2017, we recorded with them. And they are phenomenal. When mm. I went to New Orleans, I saw and met um, Asante again. Yeah, yeah, I so yeah. Yeah, that was absolutely fabulous mm-hmm. so it's just nice that you there is that cross collaboration across yeah. the pond like shout outs and acknowledgements yeah, yeah. so yeah it was an amazing crossover yeah um, so yeah i want to say shout out to isha weber shout out to everybody that was involved and in the presentation mm. and um yeah just fantastic it's great to be featured in things like that and to kind of see um you know that what we're doing is having some kind of impact somewhere Else, and even if we don't know that it's happening, it's, it's happening. happening, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great. Are you reading anything? Um, no, basically. So I finished um, uh, a little life. And, oh yes, tell uh, the world how you found that. Yes, yeah, so I finished a little life, and that really stressed me out. Um, so, guys, Alex has been a little just, <laughs> yeah, <so> a little <laughs> life. <laughs> just go on, tell them, tell yeah, them everything. Okay, okay, so basically, a little life is a seven hundred page book of just trauma and um <laughs> and basically it's about a 
group of college friends and you know because in the in the episodes before the new year came I said I was going to read this book I said I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't finish it until April I'd done it by March and by middle of March AA. so um but yeah it's about a group of four friends and literally chrono- like it follows their life up until like their 60s so it starts off when they're in their 20s like when does it is it separated into different um chapters yeah. and dis- narrated uh, from different people no 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 so or is it an omniscient there's three people there's three main voices mm-hmm. that you hear and there's like four parts to the book so um, yeah brilliant amazingly written um Hanya Yanagiara is an amazing writer amazing storyteller don't know what she went through in order <laughs> to put all of this into one book but you're making me excited because yeah, now I really want to read oh, it oh god um I said I'll, I'll buy it yeah I said I'll buy yeah, it yeah I think that yeah I think uh, it's a brilliant book brilliant story everything but it will leave you that little bit exhausted a little bit emotionally kind of like wow like this is life for but at the end like when they've reached 60 I know obviously we're not looking at happily ever afters but are we looking at a wholesome end in which you know like I always look at it as like for example even like their eyes are watching god at the end she sat on her porch on her you know on her little seat rocking back and forth looking at the young ones living life is a little life the ending of it? Is it something along these lines? It doesn't have to be happy, but is it like, whew, I've been through it, and this is it. This is life. The pages are nice. So <laughs> the you beautiful, know, you, beautiful, you know, beautiful gowns. You know, the indentation is just amazing. Yeah. Like the the beautiful the, gowns. The text to page ratio. Yeah, yeah. The numbers. Wonderful gowns. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> she uses Roman numerals for the for the chapters and the. Parts. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Interesting. So what are you reading? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have been really busy. So I'm still reading uh, Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. Um, Or listening to it. So I have to apologise, first of all, for all the times that I have cussed Audible and I have cussed audiobooks. Mm -hmm. I used to be very snobby. But when you're really, really, really busy, literally, like, it is amazing and sometimes like when I'm just sat in bed and I just like oh I can't be bothered to like get up and get the book and turn the pages and sometimes just the very act of like following a page is just very long mm-hmm. and I've I actually really enjoy audible and I really enjoy listening to books um it's listening to fiction is actually not too bad because I said that I was going to just do non-fiction but surprisingly obviously with the book that we're reading today I listened to that and um I didn't see this coming yeah but I'm very much very like open to change these days and just open to like new possibilities and thank you so much for introducing it into my life Me? I think well I think mostly lit did oh, yeah. <laughs> um because thank otherwise you, thank you audible yeah otherwise I would not have done it and um yeah because you told me about the point system and stuff yeah yeah um so yeah that's why I'm listening listening to Roxane Gay and I yeah it's really cool so I got my first badge on Audible wait you have a you get a badge so basically you get um this is actually uh, my only second you get stats so basically I've reached where have I I've achieved oh my god it's still on your phone (laughs) (laughs) I was like where did that come from um so I've reached scholar level Oh, so you a scholar. That's my listening level, yeah. Ooh. Basically, so there's levels. There's newbie, novice, pro, scholar, and then master at the end. Um, As in the, the hours that you've done? Yeah, so... I don't even know where you get that tech from. So, yeah, so you go to... That is hilarious. You do it after. I'll show yeah. You after. But, um, but, yeah, look, the badges I've got 
for his fifth. Why did I get oh late? Oh God, guys, getting badges. Yeah, seven this days. Is... Stri- I got my seven day stretch. My night owls are listening to it at night. Um, you make me sick, Alec, yeah. guys. He's so excited. You should it's see just, him. It's just great. Thank you, Audible, um, for giving me for gassing me like this. Yeah. Um, it's, so I yeah. really enjoy it. So yeah, I've been listening to quite a few things. I've been listening to Rock, Roxanne Gay's uh, Bad Feminist. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to, I think you guys know that I've, my first ever like beginning to end finished book was um, Freshwater, the yeah. first book we did. And I, I literally cannot believe I finished, I finished that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm reading and well listening to. I really, though, like for the next few weeks, want to really start reading some contemporary, the big contemporary novels that have come out. So like An Orchestra of Minorities and Black Leopard, Red Wolf and Fire and Blood by uh, George Martin. Mm -hmm. They're really hefty, hefty books. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, it's enough. I have to I have to just do it because otherwise they'll just be sat there on my shelf and I won't be reading. So the next few weeks. I will start with um, an orchestra of minorities, yeah. just because I loved um, the uh, the fisherman. So, and everybody has been gassing me about Marlon James. Yeah. Um, it, this will be my first Mar- Marlon James. I didn't read the. Is it the seven? A history of seven. A killings. history of seven killings. That's it. Yeah. So he won. Did he win a Booker for that or the Pulitzer? Pulitzer. I think well, he won a. Then with the Man Booker Pro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's me. So most of the news this week, um, just very quickly, I'm going to run through most of this quite quickly. Um, Night of the inclusive publisher is to open a permanent bookshop in Brixton. Um, our friends over at Night of, Amy and David, um, are just out here taking on the publishing industry right. one step at a time. Guys, let's let's just stop right here. First of all. As you guys know, they're called Knights of, yeah. The first time I think we spoke about this on their their, um, episode, I actually spoke to Amy this morning. I was like, I finally get it. So basically their bookstore is called Roundtable Books. And um, when I first heard it, I was like, all right, cool. Like, like really nice name. Um, But it didn't click to me that they meant, you know how Knights of is part of like, you know, Knights of of the Roundtable Mm -hmm. and King Arthur and all that stuff. Fam, do you get it? Mm-hmm. Knights of the Round, round table. table Books. Yeah. I'm like, ah! yeah, 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 yeah. And she was so unimpressed. She was like, girl. I, I was like, I get it now. I'm lucky I had to ask her the other day. I was like, I'm like, Knights of what? Knights, Knights of, of media? Wait, we, of- I think we spoke about this because she was like, we spoke about this and we still lit. And I was like, I was like we did. <laughs> it was a while. But anyway, shout out to you both. You guys are doing amazing things. Um, Phenomenal things. Support the bookshop. Like, like actually physical thing. things. It's amazing. Yeah, like, it's amazing. You can say that you've uh, done this. Even saying that, even being in the bookshop when it was when it opened oh, um, and pop up and seeing the community come in the little and kids make, come in make it so inclusive to like everybody there like you know there was um, a white mum and her child came in yeah. and she was just like you guys have to stay like you yeah. have to like we, we need to make sure this happens because the community is so involved yeah. in these um, in these things and like people want this stuff um, and you just you know if you're just forced down with what's just what's just been forced down your throat as what's there then it just becomes quite um, quite ridiculous in the end. Congratulations. Well, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, Fantastic. we look forward because I'll be there. I'll, I told literally, I was like, okay, so my weekends, I'm literally going to be at the bookstore shop, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I told you, that's where I'm yeah, going to be there. Yeah. 
Um, um, congratulations. Fantastic. Um, oh, this next news is nice. Stormzy is having a character written for him in the TV adaptation of Noughts and Crosses by yeah. Mallory Blackman. So... <laughs> How do you feel about this? <sighs> what? So I feel good about this, but also I, I, I must note... Yeah. yeah. I spoke to Mallory Blackman. Did I not say... Oh, yes, you... Mallory, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> um, write me in. <laughs> like, oh, you have to speak to my producer. And all this well, stuff. honey, you're not Stormzy. I'm not Stormzy. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, Stormzy's going to play a newspaper... This, this is what it is, actually, as well. He's going to play a newspaper editor. How do you... They say this. Yeah, he's basically oh. the, the character got written into the story. So he's oh. basically going to be played... He's going to be playing a character called Kolowale. He's going to be a newspaper editor of like one of the biggest newspapers there. That's who, right. Who oh, best, it could have been you. Best to play. This. I know. It could have been it you, baby. Could have been me. It I'm so been sorry. Me. It always could have been me. I'm but my so time sorry. Is, you know what my time is. It's coming? there. You know when you're close. It's it's there. Okay. I don't know how close I was, but I was. No, you know it's what I mean? there. I was there. It's like, there. I Listen, yeah. Alex Reed, I see it for you. The same way. The globe told me. The same way. The leaves told me. The same way. I walked past Daniel Kaluuya after that after that audition and said good luck, and then here he is winning BAFTAs and doing and doing doing all this doing the single tearing get up and, and you've got Stormzy out here um, casting Theresa May on stage at the Brit Awards and then you've got casted, this and I've seen you were just you're like Aria I'm the, I'm the I'm you know the, like you're always there near the, the things that's supposed to happen but you're not there enough but don't worry your time is coming I'm a well wisher <laughs> it's fine Okay. I thought he was going to play Stormzy. I thought he was going to play Kamal Hadley who is Sefi's no. dad because in the no, photo no, no. that we saw I it don't. looked very much like oh he was like a powerful black man I'm like oh that must be Kamal Hadley mm. so that's what I thought I don't think he would be I think it's that's, probably, but that's a big central character yeah though. big central character but I think that I think I want to see what he does with this character I want to see how he kind of like I want to see him up. acting You've not seen him acting. He was in um No. Was in was he in kid was he in adulthood? No, I, think he was I in adulthood. Really? I don't remember that. Yeah. To be um, honest, I didn't like adulthood that much. But. Yeah, he was in adulthood. Um and he just played like he just played like a, a guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um that's no that not like, you know, not a completely different character to who he is. So it kind of fitted who he is now. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what he does. We'll see. Oh, well, congratulations, Stormzy. And you know he's got um like murky books are doing this they're running a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be judged by a few people and the, and the winner gets, I think, the story, um, the story like published and they get set up with an agent mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So yeah, I think it's called the Murky Books New Writers Prize, um, which, you know, if you guys are interested, definitely I'll recommend it to you guys. Murky Books is an imprint in Penguin. We'll tweet it out. Yeah, we'll tweet it out. But yeah, they're running this, um, it's obviously, they're going on about new generation of readers and the prize is launched in collaboration with the Good Literary Agency mm-hmm. and First Story. And the winner receives a publishing contract with Mur- Murky Books as well as representation from the Good Literary Agency and shortlisted writers will be invited to like some big fancy event um, and like writing workshop presentations, one-to-one feedback. So it offers quite a lot and I'd say I recommend and fill in the form. I think it's before midnight on 12th of April. So get to writing mm-hmm. and get to submitting. You might be the one. Yep. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, next piece of news. Hmm. I just put this in because I thought that it was quite interesting, um, especially with the fact that we love the booksellers. And we love the booksellers. We love the booksellers and this is kind of a, an interesting story. So James Daunt, who's the Waterstones MD, says that they can't pay, they can't afford to raise the living wage of booksellers in Waterstones. Um, and... And, you know, with 
Waterstones making as much money as it does, um, especially in this climate, and the kind of effort and the time that booksellers put in to kind of ensuring that people get the books into the right hands and mm. learning and, you know, recommendations and the hours they put in, especially in the flagship and just across. And as, as somebody who used to work there, I think that this is kind of like, this is quite sad. You know it what I mean? Is. It's quite sad because I feel like... Has he con- has he comprom- like looked at his own salary? What he could do with this it? This is what I'm what saying. What he could do with the top executives in the firm, this is in, what I'm in, sa- in the company. This is what I'm saying. I mean, like when it comes to... Where a lot of they these, can save money. When it comes to a lot of these things, like a lot of people that are making the, deci- the decisions mm. don't know what it's like for the people that are working on the on the ground. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's similar on a lot of different platforms and a lot of different places. Yeah. You know, your, the partners make the decisions and then everybody else below doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Same journalism, the editors make the decisions. The, like, they called us the bottom feeders when we first started, like, just because that's what we do. Like, we literally just run out and get the story and come back. So, yeah, I just felt like that was worth mentioning because they put so much effort and so much time into trying to like give us the re- best recommendations yeah. and trying to make us the best experience in the bookshops. So this is to you, the booksellers. I'm telling you, like, booksellers make... Literally, they can make or break someone's reading life mm-hmm. and they can introduce you to the books that will change your life. And to say that you can't afford to raise the, the living wage for mm-hmm. them is mm-hmm. just... Something can always be done. You yeah. can always find alternatives mm-hmm. if you value if you value something, you will make it happen rather than make, than make excuses. So, I don't know, James Daunt. I think maybe you need to give it a second look. Maybe speak to your consultants about ways that you can save money so you can give these booksellers more money because mm-hmm. they deserve it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I just... We'll see. Hopefully, something can change there. Yeah. Because um, everybody's working hard and I know there's strains and there's there's strain on every, on every angle. Every level, yeah. And if you can't justify it, then you can't justify it. But also... I think that a bit more care needs to be taken in the way that you say things. Mm. If, you, if you're just going to say, I simply can't afford to, it's a bit like, just can't. Try. <laughs> oh, at least try. Um, uh, everybody's making a, everybody's making a streaming platform nowadays. Yeah, Apple TV, have, everybody's create, Apple TV's created it, um, created a streaming platform. So we've got this, we've got BritBox coming. We've, and, Brickbox uh, never come. Brickbox <laughs> will come and just embarrass us, you know. No, you know what? I don't. They'll think start that. putting only fools and horses. And it's a great piece of drama and comedy. I don't know about that, mm. but okay. Like Brickbox is a great piece of you know Coronation what? Street, do, do, do Family you know? Affair. They better yeah, put Family Affair on because I don't know how that ended. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? like it'd be like all those kind of all those old but British, it'll be British so drama. The thing is, you know waspy. what? I, you know what? I think yeah, yeah, it will be. But then also there'll be original content, and I feel like when there's original content available, I think the more platforms that are created, the more original content can be created. Yeah, I guess more opportunities. The more things that I can write for this these platforms. This, guys, this is all um, about Alex. <laughs> this is no, it. No, 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 but on a serious <laughs> note, though, like I like the fact that there's more of these streaming platforms mm-hmm. that are coming. Um, and yeah, I mean, challenge everybody. I'm not sure how much of I'm not sure how much of a threat Apple TV Plus is to Netflix, but we will see because a lot of the tech journalists aren't really aren't really um, saying much. They, they're, mm. they're basically like mm, they're, they're not sure whether mm. it's going to make much of a difference to anybody. Um, to they, but what they but obviously they got the endorsements. They got the endorsements from Jennifer Aniston. They got the endorsements from Oprah. They've got all yeah. Those to be honest, like Apple shows. always comes and because like I remember when AirPods came out and everybody was like, "This is madness. This is just 
this exactly. is just like no one's going to do it but then yeah. everybody's and got then them. one minute before everybody has them exactly. and it's like whoa everybody's quick to talk so I'm just like you know what we'll see what Brickbox is and it changes like. your life low key because I don't know where I'd be about my airpods low key. <laughs> I just wanted to, to let you know that I have them because you know, your girl is a, a, not a proletarian anymore <laughs> shut up I've, I bought airpods and, I, and my social class changed oh whatever I love all the airpod jokes yeah every single everybody, one everybody is like love them. everybody's moving mad but at the same time, you know... Netflix r- runs supreme, but also Amazon Prime, I love. Amazon Prime is really great. Yeah. So we'll see. Like, we've got... But we've, the thing is, we've got the choice. I feel like... I feel like... there's this, There's this thing to say, oh my gosh, this is going to beat this, this is going to beat that. Listen, if Amazon Prime doesn't have a series... I'm, I'm going, going on I'm Netflix. Going, I'm going to Netflix to find a series. Netflix doesn't have a series. Brickbox better have it. But, yeah. Because I need to know that I can go I, to... I think I should get Hulu or Hula, because apparently that's where to watch... Um, What's it called? This Is Us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, and, I, and they don't have the second season it's on, on Amazon on Prime. Prime. They won't have it yet. There's only, there's only three seasons. They do have the second season, but you they, have to pay for it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're I'm doing that. that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I was considering it and I was like, what? £12.99 for an episode? Are you done? An episode? I think so. Oh, Maybe oh, like seven ninety nine, but it's a lot. They should, they should let you pay for the whole series. I, but anyway. That's what I said. <laughs> So yeah, that's what's happening. Um, Jesse Smollett has been freed. Okay, nice. let's talk about this. Okay, so I have no idea what's going on with the with the Chicago PD this and, is the, why and the federal this and the federal is system. Why Jessica Pearson on. left New York to go and sort the shit that's going on in Chicago because that place is mad. Yeah, I think she went to Chicago, not Boston. Oh, okay. But first of all, so the a tweet was put out um, by a few news platforms that Jesse. Um, Smollett has been, um, all the charges against him have been dropped. And on top of that, there was no plea deal. However, he did have to pay a certain amount um, of bond payment. I don't know what for as mm-hmm. of yet. However, like there was no plea. There was an agreement between him and the police. And on top of that, um, he didn't have to do any sort of um, like community service or anything. So literally everything has been um, removed from his record and things have been sealed however on top of that news came out that apparently mm-hmm. um i read the police were the ones that paid the two Niger- is it nigerian twins to beat him up they paid for their hit their hotel room Taiwan is it Taiwan Kane? Ta- 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 i don't know, I don't know. I'm just assuming, I'm assuming. however i just feel like this Outside of the fact that there is definitely some issues with homophobia, racism, all of this is in that, in this whole drama piece. But on top of that, would this not make the best damn movie slash documentary? Very as soon. in, as in, give I want to know what's up. This is like, I need a fire fest. Give like it five to 10 years. Give me two, like Netflix, do your thing. Yeah. Netflix gave us Madeline McCann documentary. You can do this. Yeah. I need your investigators and your analysts to go and figure it all out because the people deserve the truth. But as in like, it was good that obviously none of us really spoke about it when it was all happening because it was just so booky. Yeah, because nobody knew what was happening. I mean, like your your heart says you want to support him, but then at the end of the day, everything that was going around, you're just like, oh, I'm not sure. But yeah, now now he's freed. But then, and I heard that there was like some senator who's saying that the he'll, whoever lets him work, on their platform, they'll implement some tax. So basically they don't want man to work. So I'm like, what is going on here? I don't know. 
Don't know. Insane. But you we'll know see. what? The book will come out soon and we can get Jesse Smollett on the show. So... <laughs> If he's innocent. Yeah. yeah. Even, no, even if he's then, not. I was even then. I want to hear you. I just want to hear your story. What's up? It sounds like a great, great piece of... We're so terrible. It's like, it sounds like a great story. No, it does sound like a great story. Like, I mean, because you want to hear, you want to hear the, you want to hear it from the person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. Everything we're hearing is from the media or for, not or kind of indirectly, indirectly. And yeah. I want to hear it from him. I want to hear him say it. Um, so, so when he read his statement, I was like, okay, that was good that we, we heard the statement, but I do want to hear you say what you got to say. So let's go on to Missy Lip. Oh my god! Oh my so god. <laughs> this week we this week we're reading the um, the women's prize nominated or shortlisted book. Is it the shortlisted or longlisted? Um, um, I believe it was longlisted. Longlisted yeah. um, book. Um, my sister, the serial killer, by, by Onyinka Braithwaite. Yeah, and it's an amazing it, like. <laughs> okay, first of all, the book the book is a, the book is about two sisters and. They're kind. They're they're pretty much about their relationship, and about their fa- about their family, how different they are, but what the, what lengths they'll go to. Well, what lengths one sister will go to to protect the other, and um, it's set in Lagos. Um, it has a great feel. Um, it's very witty. Very witty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got quite a few. You know, it's got amazing references and. You know, they, the chapters are pretty short, so everybody can kind of like you can kind of. It's a page turning. Like you it's want, like a thriller. Yeah, you want to keep going. You yeah, keep going just to find out what happens next. Yeah, and that's kind of how she did it. Um, and I've seen the same kind of uh, the same kind of technique used in James Patterson books. He has like two page chapters and stuff, and mm. you just kind of you just you're constantly going through. So you feel like you're progressing. Yeah, faster than the actual story itself. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, initial thoughts on the book. What do you think? How did you? Um... Okay, so um, essentially, like just the plot, um, as Alex said, it's a book that is very fast paced because there's always action there. But then it's kind of like caveated with little bits of like lamentation from our main character or the voice of the story, which is told by a young woman called Corriday who has a sister, um, and her sister Ayula is Ayola. She's um, <laughs> she's a serial killer. And we're introduced to her. Um, obviously, she has just killed a guy. And then we find out that this is the third guy. And it's a bit of a madness because she's a beautiful woman, um, very spoilt, younger, a younger sister to Corday. And Corday is, you know, where Ayola is curvy and, we you know, with, with a cherub nose, Corday is, you know, has rough edges and is more straight and she's not as beautiful as her. She takes from her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very. She's a very rational woman who likes to clean. And th- that idea of cleaning is always in the novel because she's always cleaning the blood of the men that her younger sister is killing. Yeah. Um, this book, my initial um, thoughts of, it is so funny so funny mm-hmm. that because obviously I was listening to it on Audible and I would like for this book I would definitely recommend listening to it because when you get like a little caveat when something happens that is like she 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 likes to surprise surprise you so you know it could be something like oh Ayola called me and then she said something like ah oh, I've killed oh you know he's dead yeah like there was this other guy that she was seeing this rich guy takes her to um, Dubai for a holiday. 
um she comes back and Cordy is like oh you know how's your holiday she's like mm, it was good you know but he's dead and <laughs> and you're just and you're like literally my hands were on my head and i was like ah i was like what Oh, it's I mean, mad, but it's so funny. I think the great distinction here is that um, it's not a crime thriller. It's not a crime fiction. I. It's not a crime fiction book. I don't think because it's not like you're trying to work out who the, the killer, killer is. is. You know, you know who, who, who it is. is. So I think it it just kind of dashes that away because we're not we're not caught up in suspense in this stuff. Mm. Uh, but we are in that we. There's always this. Corday wants to. Um, make sure that she doesn't get caught. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously battling this internal, oh my God, my sister is going to get caught. I have to protect her. She's my baby sister. They've gone through a lot. There's like references to her father and how he used to treat them. He was a very bad person. Um, but at the same time, there are issues of police interviews. And so on that level, there is a suspense, mm. but it's not a crime thriller. I would call it, a thriller, but like, I feel like it's written far too well to be a thriller because I always think that thrillers aren't really well written. Mm-hmm. Because I would actually say that this is, I would even say this is literary fiction. You, okay. I would say this is literary fiction, mm-hmm. mainly because I don't, it, it battles issues that are very poignant. Mm-hmm. The idea of loss and family and the bond between these two sisters. On top of that, I do think in the in the rare moments that Corday self-contemplates, not even rare because she does that quite often, in those rare moments, it's far too beautiful to be bait. Like yeah. it's far too beautiful to be commercial and not to say that some commercial books are not well written mm. but i feel like there is an art to yeah. the writing yeah. laced with the humor and the satire Do you know what i think like i think like the the nature of literary fiction and commercial are kind of are changing i think the spectrum is changing mm. and i think they're getting closer together in I that, agree, yeah, I agree that, with that. you know, we've seen several books that have come out and they are very much commercial fiction, but they don't have the literary aspect. So how would we, like, go about defining commercial even, fiction? I, I don't know. Is it that lighter, like, light, books that are quite light that sell? Yeah, I think, yeah. I guess that, I don't know. I, it depends on, I guess that's really down to the reader, more or less, to be honest. Because so it's written, like, commercial fiction is written with the intent of reaching as wide an audience as possible. Sometimes genre called fiction, books of, for such as Western, Gothic, romance, history, mystery, mm. horror. Mm, I don't know. I don't know whether I'd put it in, I don't know where I would place it, but I would kind of err towards commercial fiction than I would literary fiction. With this one? Yeah, with this one. But I just felt like, it, I feel like it was a great story. I feel like it was told really well. Mm-hmm. And especially listening to it on Audible, it was great. Like, it was the, so the, great, the guys. The story, like you hear the accents and you hear everything. The intonations and the different in, characters. They even did stuff. well with like, there was, so there's this guy who is, like Corridor is a nurse <laughs> at this hospital. And there is a guy who is, um, who's in a coma. Mm. And this is the one person that she confides in and tells everything to because she thinks that obviously he's going to die. So let me just tell you everything to get this off my chest. Yeah. Um, And then he wakes up. Yeah. So he, he's got a Muslim name and I think he's from the Northern state Mm -hmm. in, in Nigeria. And the fact that they got somebody who 
was able to um, speak in, I guess, their accents, in, in their accent, which is very, I, I guess, different because I, I have met some Northern Nigerian people and it, it was so genuine and authentic, like the the the, the, the storytellers, it was so genuine and authentic. Um, I, don't, I, I genuinely think that it might have been the same person though yeah. who was doing all of those yeah, voices yeah I, think, yeah I think it was and it was done so perfectly yeah, and it was because she got like the bratty spoiled voice of Ayola so well um, and every time she'd do something like she'd be like mm, you know she would just be bratty and princess like all the while just going out sheer killing mm. niggas I'm just like ah and this is the thing like <laughs> what you know what so my one criticism though was I felt like it was just completely I feel like when we come to the Nigerian stories, yeah, and mm. we have Nigerian stories, um, that they do become quite Nollywood-esque. And I felt like this was quite, a, I felt like this was a very much a Nollywood story. This is a situation. Like, you know what I mean? I killed, I like, I killed my, I killed my, um, my boyfriend, my sister's cleaning it up. I killed my boyfriend. Did, 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 you know what I mean? And then all the stuff in between the marriage and like, because her sister Ayola, Ayola was um, to be married, was she not? And then um, she what to various like, various across people, the story. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil yeah. too much. But um, at one point she was to be married, and it was like you know what do you what do you do here? And it, like it just felt like a real felt like a soap opera. In that everything, in the way everything was happening, don't you agree? Um, it felt very dramatic. It, yeah, it was very <laughs> dramatic. However, Only I the way don't. That diaspora people could yeah, be. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> right. it felt really dramatic. But I low key like, like especially with the mother, for instance, mm. like seeing nothing wrong with her young princess who is beautiful, who will marry a rich doctor, and not really giving a thought to the sort of ugly duckling in the family who is Corday. Um. I don't know if I wouldn't put it in the um like the umbrella of no Nollywood esque mm-hmm. narratives. I don't know if I might have just invented that. Um, how no, I I did, definitely did not. Um, <laughs> however, be, only because of the personal voice in which we hear um, Corday's story from, she's very introspective. And she is almost the calm within this sea of drama around her. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the story is told from her point of view, I wouldn't say it was that kind of story. There was, I think that personally, I haven't read, and even if it was Nollywood-esque, I haven't read that story from a, um, an, a West African um narrative you know what i mean i haven't read that before mm-hmm. i've read serious shit like you know chimamanda and all the new sort of contemporary nigerian authors i mm-hmm. haven't read something that is that balances satire with introspection and i think that that balance to me is very important because if we didn't if we had a voice that wasn't Corday and it was somebody else, then I would say, yeah, yeah, this mm, is very mm. much like, this is funny as shit. This is not to be taken seriously. Mm, mm. But our girl had real issues. Like she had issues about self-esteem. You yeah. know, she didn't know how to put makeup on. And she had ish- this, this I, the, every time we'd go back and talk about the father mm. and how their father treated them and 
how he used to beat them and you know the the relationship they have with their, their mother. That's another thing. That's another thing. Like I found when it comes to discussing about um, you know West or African diaspora, African Caribbean diaspora, there's always a problem with the parenting. Because it's always real life. There, the, there likely is. I know. I, this, this, is what, this is what I mean. Like, and, and I found like. Yeah, I mean, there's always a, there's always to a level a problem with parents. Yeah, man, they fuck you because, up, because your mum and dad. They do. <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like when we when we when we think about African stories and you know Caribbean stories, mm-hmm. and it's always from a place of trauma. It's always from a place of beatings. It's always from a place of abuse in some way or shape or form right and I found that it was quite and I found that, and that was just one thing that kind of stuck out to me because obviously the mother for example on the mother's side she was very much she was in preference of the uh, of, daughter, of Ayola yeah. and her older daughter which is um, Corede mm. she was very much reliant on, on Corede for stability yeah. but she was but she was in favour of Ayola for just the, fam- the family pursuit of just everything that she never had sort yeah. of yeah and which I find is a bit, which I found was quite traumatic in itself because mm-hmm. how are you going to treat your daughters so differently and not encourage the one that doesn't have, that doesn't, has the least encouragement? Yeah. You know what I mean? Ayola didn't need to be encouraged. She didn't need to be in <laughs> Like, she didn't need it. She could literally just go out and be that way yeah. just in life. She'll be fine. Like, you know what I mean? But like yeah. Ayola had that kind of, um, the issues with her 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 beauty, the issues with her looks, the issues of her esteem, the issues with the way she interacted, to the point where she really liked the doctor, but the doctor didn't like her. her. And there was a scene in the book where she was like to um, Tade, the doctor, what? and she started laughing. And he's like, what? And she's like, what do you like about my sister? Mm. And I found that were quite that was a quite deep question because he was like, like how oh, you know her, like, 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 yeah I like her and then she's like no but what she goes oh I think she's special and then, and then she's, she's, special. Like, she's like but, she's like what what do you find special what and then she's like oh you know her? she's beautiful and really perfect she's like I like, can see myself marrying her, just, someone like yeah. that and I'm like so you're going to take somebody who is so vacuous and doesn't like the thing is, and because but it's not even that she's so vacuous. The way that he looks at her was with, with a very with was vacuous because mm. even then, um, Corede did say, "Oh, she didn't mention the way that she laughs at everything or the way that she kind of um, that she can kind of like you know stitch together a dress with yeah. her eyes closed and stuff and the stuff she that she doesn't she doesn't keep grudges. The stuff that she yeah. notices is the thing. So the question I have is that when you come to your siblings. Mm. Are they the best? Are they the people that know you the best, or are they the best people you know? Because in this book, it's, it looks as if she knows her sister one hundred percent the best. Her mom doesn't know it. the people that her people that are with her. She knows her sister the best. But mm-hmm. how do you kind of look at it as somebody with siblings? Yeah, I would say that your siblings have this thing that they are able to get out from you your both your best and most cherished emotions as in there are moments that you share with your siblings that can be the best moments of your life when you are so happy and you share that happiness and it's a different type of happiness just sharing it with somebody who is very very close to you um who you it's almost like you have this umbilical cord between each other mm-hmm. but then those bastards <laughs> 
But then, I don't know about you, but like, as I said, I don't fight, yeah? Because I don't believe in fighting. I feel like if you're if you're ready to fight, then you've already lost because you clearly can't communicate whatever issue that you have. However, I don't know why you're looking at me that way. However, and I don't, when I argue with people, I don't really have this urge to fight them. You know that feeling in you when it's fire and you're just like, you just want to throw a punch at somebody. I have never in my life felt that way about anybody that isn't my sibling. Only my sibling can make, can rile me up. And they can do one thing like come into my room and then leave a notch and, and leave the door, the door slightly ajar because they know I like the door closed, but they'll leave it slightly ajar just to piss me off. All of a sudden, I, I, I see red and I want to fight. And that feeling of fight, that I want to I wanna scrap. I want to step on your neck and throw you out the window. I want to kill you. That is a feeling that personally for me, your siblings can ignite mm-hmm. in, a, like, in a second. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that your sibling, if you are close to them, they may not know your thoughts and your feelings, but they probably have seen aspect of your emotions, but your most intensified emotions, whether it's good on the good scale or the bad scale, they've seen that in you. And when you go outside, you know, you're your most civilized self. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a a home, it's very hard to always sustain that. Oh yeah, you know, between my sister and my cousins, like, We've had, we've had we've 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 rolled we've had rough and tumbles you know mm. what I mean and I'm the and I'm the I'm the force for good in my family and people that know me will know why that's crazy I'm very much you're a mad person I'm here for the mess yeah but, um, and then that's crazy but, but I don't think they're the best but, people you know but the thing is they're not the best people the, the people that know you best you mean they're, I would say they're the people that know that have seen emotions that nobody else has seen okay. But I don't think they know you best. They could, because if you have, if you're really close to your siblings and you, you guys actually talk, then they could be people who, you know, they know you best. Because when you've seen facets of people's personalities and emotions yeah. on various scales, you've seen how they react. You've seen the raw, they're raw, the raw. They're, they're like raw. Yeah, you see them at the lowest, you see them at the highest. Yeah. You see them at the best, because the thing is they're your family. And but at, at the, the same time, day. I don't think they'll know you. I don't think they'll know you like well like that because it all depends on the type of relationship you have with your sibling at the end of the day, really. Mm-hmm. Like that has I, some siblings. I like I, I'm not close with every single one of my siblings. Some of them have seen me, you know, at it. Some of them haven't. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what kind of was brought up in. But with the, this book, in though, the book, you know, what I mean, because she went. But Corridor has on. seen every aspect of, um, Ayola. Ayola hasn't seen those things from Corday. Yeah, I would argue that we know Corday more than Ayola does because Ayola is so self-centered Centered. that she doesn't take into consideration what anybody else feels. The, and that's one thing I think, well, personally, I feel like the one down thing about this book is that we know Corday and the narrator so well. We know her intimate thoughts and her intricate feelings and the things that she actually wants to do. But I do feel like the characters outside of her are very... 2D. They don't go on on a deeper level, and I guess that's part of the I don't know the narrative structure and in the way it's told. It's a first person narrative. It's quite hard to delve in the thoughts of other people. But I would have liked to know Ayola more. Mm-hmm. Why is she killing these niggers? 
That's the question that you're left with at the end. The is, uh, it's like, why? Have you she, ever thought to ask? But then again, she's not the, she's not the center of the story, is she? No, she, that's the thing. But she's like, oh, you know, self-defense. But I'm just like, but I want to know why you're killing these just, people. You know, why is it so easy for you to do that? Like, and she's, it's like, okay, so you're a serial killer. All right, but why? Mm-hmm. Do you think serial killers have like reasons for why they do things? Of course. But then it's like, well, of course but is, is it like, oh, I just like blood and I like to kill men? Or I don't know. What is it? I'm actually not sure. But the this, thing this, is, this I think that, really yeah, it was really good. But what do you think that she, what do you think that Ayinka did well? Ayinka did well with the, with the book? Because like even, okay, if we're going to talk about trauma still, and we're mm-hmm. talking about the parents now, and there's always, there's always a dad that's moving mad. <laughs> And there's always a mum who 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 knows the dad is moving mad. Then the dad goes, and then she continues to move mad. And I just feel like it's just a bit like it's just this cycle. But I do, but I do think it's too easy. I, I, it's too easy a trope to have in, in an in an African or Caribbean story. Do you see what I mean? Is it that it's too easy because it's too familiar? Probably, yeah. Because yeah. it's very familiar. Mm-hmm. I have a dad figure that moves mad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's very familiar, but I think it's something that is universal. Not universal, but we read it and we, we're like, aha, I see it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it was meant to be that much of a deep book. And that's the thing. like, you get But although point. I love the deep moments. Yeah. Yeah. She talks about love. She talks about all of these other things in regards to loyalty and status. How did you how did you feel about Corriday? Corriday as a character. Yeah. I felt sorry for Corriday. Like I felt like she didn't ask for this. She didn't ask for it. she didn't answer this sister. <laughs> she didn't ask to be a part of any of this mess. Yeah. She just wanted to just live her life and just be the nurse that she was destined to be. <laughs> she wanted to just get married. Um, she wanted to just find a man. Did she? And I feel like I feel like I feel like she wanted to just. I feel like she wanted what what most people would want in a life that they've been kind of told that they should they should have. They should have love. They should have financial security. They should have um, purpose. They should have meaning. They should mm. have all of that. I feel like that's what she wanted. She wanted to be in a family that was whole. She wanted to be in a family that didn't that didn't overlook her. You know what I mean? She and wanted, that's the thing. And that's she's. It. I think she's very. She's a very strong woman in mm-hmm. that, obviously, she's very direct. She's assertive to everybody else but her sister. She is um, obviously at work. She's she's a nurse at this hospital, but and she's even been promoted to head nurse near about the end of um, of the book. Um, and she's in love with the doctor at um, at work. However, there is this very big idea in the book about how beautiful Ayala is and how plain you know plain Jane that um Corday is and I think that is the one of the aspects in which she her insecurity stems from like mm-hmm. when Ayala walk, walks into a room like everything else melts you know she is the center of attention she has this light this charisma this beauty that men and women are attracted to. And I think what Corday, because she doesn't have that, she feels like she doesn't match up. And I guess it's because she's been told her whole life that 
by her mother anyway, that even though it's weirdly enough, her father never treated them differently, which I actually quite liked. Also, that's good. Just abuse them equally. (laughs) Um, Physical abuse. Yeah, yeah. it's just mad. Um, But yeah, so I think she was insecure about how she looked like. That was a big thing because every time her description, oh, she's wearing this, like her sister, oh, she's wearing this. A man, another man walks in delighted and she'll roll her eyes. Like, oh God, here we go yeah. again. And I guess that takes its toll. And Boyega. there was a- <laughs> Boyega. Boyega. Um, Boyega. <laughs> Alex, you're so annoying. <laughs> you're so annoying. He was a, he was a tall man. What's his, with his stomach protruding. No, stop it. What did he say? What did she say? <laughs> So I'm like, he was tall and his stomach was out here. Oh, that was the rich guy that she killed in Dubai. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> I can't. She told you, this girl was like, oh, you know, this is the part when I literally was in my bed and I said, what? <laughs> she was like, yeah, the holiday was great, but he's dead. I literally was like, excuse me? Hey, no. And then Corda was just, she was just shaking. She's like, excuse me? Yeah, it was food poisoning. And then when the police report came in, they were like, yeah, it was a drug overdose. And, and Corday's like, so what is the truth? What is the truth? <laughs> this is what I mean. This is why it's so Nollywoodish. It's just a bit like this woman is walking around <laughs> killing people. I want to know why she was out here killing niggas. I mean, I guess I get it. Toxic yeah. masculinity. So, but also. <laughs> so, but the thing is, it's like with, 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 that, with, <laughs> with that whole. Um, she was out here doing uh, fighting the good fight, you yeah, know. She was, you know, you know uh, with that whole sibling rivalry stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, sibling rivalry is a thing, no, y'all. That's the thing. Like my sibling. That's where the tea is. I'm not close enough in age to any of my siblings for me to be in a rival of them. Mm. And, um, but I do think that there is a there is a difference between sisters and brothers. Yeah. And it all depends on the sisters. And how the sisters are raised. If they're raised equally, then mm. you know what I mean? So in this situation, obviously, Koryde and Ayola are not raised equally yeah. in the eyes of their mother, but equally in the, in the eyes of abuse from their father. From their father. You know, when we look at sibling rivalry, it's it's this huge thing. Um, what was it's it? There's something, you know? there something I was watching or reading the other day and they were like, oh... Um, we want kids. I've completely forgotten which what show it was because I watched so many. Yeah. But they were like, "Oh, if you want kids, um, we're gonna need to have. We're gonna. We can't have one because they're gonna they're gonna feel lonely and entitled. We can't have two because it's gonna be sibling rivalry. We can't have three because one's gonna be in the middle. So you have to have four. You need to have four so it balances it out. Balances the that's whole, why I want four kids. You know, it balances <laughs> out the whole yeah. thing. And I was like, this is far too much work. It's far too much work to think about whether the child. You know, is they've done a psychological study that found that this middle child's. If you have a middle, if you are a middle child, you are likely more likely to commit suicide. Oh no! Yeah, there's quite a lot of suicides being basically from middle children. Oh no! Because I get it. Like you're just like forgotten in a way. You have the the older one. Sometimes you're like the golden son, or like you are the um, secondary parent. And then you have the younger spoiled ones who just get everything they want. And then the middle ones are normally, because we have a middle. They're the, balance, like, the balance. Yeah, but they're also the one that's possibly most ignored. And also it turns out that they're very funny. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's all they, they have. They, they, <laughs> no, they, they have to be like... They like, just have to they, find well, a way they, they to use, just... They use wit to kind of like... Yeah, they're very funny. Establish themselves. And it makes sense. Like my, I have a brother who's the middle child. There's five of us and he's the third. Yeah, hilarious. 
But sometimes I'll just forget. It's like, where's, where is he? Oh, <laughs> like, I can't lie to you. It's so true. But apart from he's, like, a, he's lovely. I love him. Do you, do you ever watch Eight Simple Rules? For oh my God. Daughter? So basically, so there was the... Um, I remember Obviously that Obviously there show. was Bridget and yeah. then there was Kerry and then there was the boy, I forgot what his name was, was it Ryan or something like that? Or something like that, I forgot what it was his name. But um, I mean like Kerry, she had this thing about being the, 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 the middle the child, child and the youngest daughter yeah. who wasn't as attractive as Bridget or whatever. Because when my, bro- my middle brother walks in the room, I'm like, oh, yeah. I even didn't know you were here. Yeah, because <laughs> things like, she'll be like, you forgot who I, you forgot I was here. You forgot I was here. Oh it makes, trust me, it's a thing. And the thing is, and honestly, I mean, in this book though, with, the, with regards to- With the rivalry. With the rivalry, like, Ayula was really trying. She's, she, she's she not here. She wasn't trying. She was basically like, the mother was like so lethargic with her. It was like, oh my gosh, how are you going to cook for your husband? Like, um, Karede, teacher, did all this stuff. I'm like, but why aren't you teaching her? What why is, aren't you teaching her? Like, you've got the house girl who's there. Oh, cooking. you know, she's your sister. She loves you. She just wants to spend time with you. And Karede's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Are you on Snapchat? Honestly. Are you on Snapchat doing anything? And the thing is, and what kind of resonated with me was that the fact that. The, there's a generational situation that's happening nowadays when, with our younger siblings and with the way that we are kind of the way that we were kind of reared mm. as millennials it's so different to how the Gen Z people are, Gen being, Z, um, like, are being like I just want to know first of all Gen Gen Z people yeah they're clueless <laughs> I think they're clueless. They grew up in the in the age of the internet. They know. I don't think they're clueless. I don't think it's fair to say. They're I don't clueless. know. I, I feel like it's, feel the, most, like it's, the, most di- are... it's the most diverse generation. That's what do you ever mean diverse? In that you know with the with, um, race LGBTQ but plus. What do you mean we've had that though? No, with our gen with our with millennials. What do you mean diverse? We are but, diverse people. No, no, I mean that. With, with regards to thinking and the ways that oh, and, in terms and, of tolerance and, and empathy, accepting empathy and yeah, and all of that, understanding yeah. things. So you know, because just to quickly just to elaborate on that, with regards to millennials, millennials are split into two, right? So that's like eighty three to like ninety five, and then ninety five to the one that had to work to be woke, and the one that were born a bit woke. There we go. Yeah. So then that kind of happens. The one like, that had to unlearn. <laughs> there's, usually, there's usually two phases. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So for example, you will have. Um, a one millennial still kind of debating with an older millennial mm, about something about a social political issue, issue yeah. when you're in the same generation so you, but they see things differently because yeah. of the way that they were born and where they were born at what time with regards to generation Gen Z, Z they're very progressive they're very progressive like they will have or they already have a lot of these friends yeah. they will already have they have those frameworks in mind about internet, acceptance the internet and, yeah. had come so far by the time they got to the age of 10 Do you know that makes I mean? sense also but what are these people thinking as in, I just, I look at like the, my babies who were born in, um, I would even say like, so the, I have like twin boys. They were born in 2003. And these are big men now, you her know. cousins. Yeah, my cousins. Not her babies. Well, my babies. Anyway. They're your cousins. Yeah, but they're my babies. Just for specificity. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, what? They could, I could no. have babies. Anyways. Um, yeah. And I just, there is, I want to say that I understand them. Mm. But at the same time, I'm a bit like, what is going on in your head? Mm. And I'm just like, is this like a normal parenting kind of feeling or, because technically we are not so different because I don't have to work to tell them stuff because they know about it. Because a lot of the times, I guess, when that whole debate of explaining social, political and economic issues to maybe the elder millennials, 
all the people that just don't want to learn or unlearn, they already have the ideal, kind of, because obviously most of them are raised by people who are not millennials and therefore some ideas can still transcend if there may be surroundings and schools and friends aren't so progressive. Because when I always do find it weird when I see Gen Gen Z people who are ignorant because I'm just a bit like, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Why? But then again, it's like their parents. It's actually their parents. Yeah, it's their parents. It doesn't mean you're going to be better or more progressive. It just means you're just more likely to just experience life a bit differently. Yeah. However, I do think that it's very easier for them to get clued up. Yeah. Because... Everyone, most everybody should yeah. should be cleaned up around yeah, them. Yeah. But with sibling rivalry, I actually just it's hilarious because I never really had that. However, do you know that if do you know if your like parent like each of your parents has a favorite one, and is it felt by you? Like, do you do you know who's their fave, and is it something that you've like considered? Uh, you know what? At? I don't even think my parents have favorites. To really? Be honest, because the thing is, like, literally with regards to us, it's me and my sister. And then two of my cousins grew up with us. Mm. So there's not necessarily favourites. It's just like we all serve different things Purposes, within yeah. the home. You know what I mean? I'm the oldest. So it's like I'm just expected for things just to be happening. And like, you know what I mean? Like, So it's funny because like I was talking to my other friends. A lot of us, are the, um, a lot of my friends that I have are people that keep things going in the house. And once we leave... What do you mean keep things going? So, for example, so... Okay, before I went to uni, Mm -hmm. like, I would kind of make sure that on a Saturday, the house was... Clean. Clean. Yeah. And my mum and dad didn't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. They knew that I would get up, do it. Yeah. Because I'm up doing it, I'd ask my cousin to figure out what's happening with X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then my younger cousin and my sister wouldn't kind of... Until they grew old enough to start doing stuff. Yeah. I'd probably try and, like edged them to doing things because I got really lazy growing yeah. up. But you know what I mean? Like, I'd probably be like, you know, you need to do that. You do this, yeah. so that but it would happen. As soon as we went to uni, it was like, okay, so you two are going to do it now. 
And they were like, and excuse they, they were me? like, what? They're like, excuse me? Yeah. Since when did I have to? And then that's when that's when the issues are to mm-hmm. come. So it's like, and a lot of my friends are the are, are the either the oldest or the people that were in like or were, were responsible for the yeah. house to keep going. Yeah. And I just find that I find that really funny because it's just the way that people approach it. Because my sister is very like. She will do the stuff. She will do it, but she will do it on her own terms. terms. Not out of, oh, okay, I'm going to do it. Not out of duty. Not out of duty, She'll yeah. be like, oh, okay. I think maybe we should. I think I should. Yeah, I think yeah. I should give her the house. So Jensen. Oh, I think I should. Duty, this. Adelaide. Yeah. Duty. Well, well, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this. At this time. I'm going to do this now. So I don't have to do it later. I'm going to do, 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 do And then so we can't say, so that's, that's the only time me and my sister argue when it yeah. comes to duty in the house. Yeah. Otherwise, like, we're cool. It's so weird with that idea of duty because, and it's just about a matter of growing up and dealing with your siblings. The way I was raised is a bit mad in that when I told this to my friend, they were like, that's not normal. But I was like, I thought everybody did that. So basically my aunt would tell me before going to school, um, and I think this is obviously how she was raised. So I'm like, okay, because in Zanzibar, my cousins, like they don't do this stuff. And my, my sisters and my brothers don't do this stuff. So mm-hmm. I'd wake up every day. And before, like, I think this started when I was very young, I think like even just end of, I think she started doing me doing it in like when I was year six, going into year seven. I'd clean the whole house. As in. Yes, it's year six. Going into year seven. Yes, it's going to year seven. I know. I clean the whole house, but as in before, we didn't have a hoover. So I'd have to get a dustpan and brush and I would just sweep the whole house with a dustpan and brush, right? So yeah, your friend was right. Yeah, apparently this isn't a thing. So this is it. And then I'd wash the dishes. No, no, no. no. Yeah, everyone would be asleep. So I'd do that. And then my, of course, Miss Cinderella. And then, (laughs) and then I'd, and then this is one thing I, and then I'd wash, like I'd go into the bathroom and I think, the, the bath, me cleaning the bathroom started off a little bit later in life. So I'd make sure that I'd clean the bath, um, the toilet sink, the, to- the toilet and everything else. And then I'd, you know, get ready for school. Mm. And I did that my whole life growing up, up until like uni. And then when my little cousin grew up, I saw this heifer, she wasn't doing that. I was like, what? Excuse me. Excuse me. So before, sometimes it'll be like, I do the dishes before, because I like to do the dishes before the evening, or sometimes I just leave them until the morning. And I, it was a big thing. And this is why I have the thing about cleaning, because that's how I've been yeah. like raised. But I realized that I really could have woken up an hour later because I didn't need to do all yeah, this stuff. You could have just literally chilled the fuck out. Can you imagine? Like, I and like- I always like look up my aunt and I'm just like, in on one like instance, Thank you for like teaching me the value of cleaning to the point where I'm a bit OCD. However, but I really didn't need that. It's even to the point, to me, it's even to the point where I feel guilty when my parents are cleaning. Oh my God. And, I, and then I, but I had to sit down and think to myself, this is actually your house. This is so it. It's fine. Bro, Alex, I'd get stressed. Like, you know when you wake up, yeah, and you woke up late and you hear the hoover yeah, outside yeah, and you're like, yeah, shit. Yeah, and I'm just like, this ah. is what I'm saying. So like my dad, when my, when my dad is like, when I gets into a mode and he starts to clean. You're like, shit. And I'm like, should I have done that? Should I have done that? Should I do that? This is what this is what this, this is what black parents are doing. Oh my to us. god! Listen, guilty for the houses Bam. that we're paying more. I'd wake for. up and I hear water in the kitchen. I swear to God, Alex, it would take me. My legs would start no, shaking because I'm like, shit! I should have done that. So She's funny. now mad. Oh my it, it god! So the other day, it's my abuse. Mom, what is day, this? The other day, I was like focusing on my own shit and um, I was just lounging on the sofa. My mom comes in. She's like, hey, today I'm like, how, how's your day? Blah 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 blah. 
I don't even pay this rent. Wo- this woman, yeah, <laughs> is rolling into the house and then she's taking out the hoover and, just, and you're just like, oh. Plugging it in. And I'm like, should yeah. I? I'm like, I saw that. I saw the house needed to be moved. But I but didn't. I just didn't do it because I got in like half an hour before my mum did. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just lounging because I feel like, and then she, then she packed it away and then went to cook. And I was like. You were stressed in it. I was like. What should I be doing? Should I, should I be earning my keep here? Honestly. But then at the same time, I'm like. But this is no. your house. If you wanted me. The thing is. You like, should have said. The thing is me. I, yeah, you should have said. And also I'm but like. But then they always but, like, I shouldn't need to sell you. Do you know what I mean? And then, but the next day, that mum was like, oh, can, can, can you cook? I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. And I went and did it. Because I was thinking in my head, I'll probably cook anyway. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like. It's that kind of indoctrination. I think it's that the, have, I do think it's the older have, that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. That the older you have, because the thing is, you're, you're the first one. Yeah, it's the older child thing, and man. They kind of instill all the things. They kind of like they make you the secondary parent. No, no, I mean, uh, yeah, but not intentionally. It's more like they they know how they were brought up, and if you, if you're the first child, it's like oh my god, like when I grew up, and I was the first child. What do I do? Sort of mm. thing. I can imagine the kind of panic that would go through. A parent, then thinking, all right, cool. Um, they need to learn how to. They need to learn how to clean them. So mm. they need to learn how to do all this stuff. But it, for me now, I'm very big on the fact that it has to be a case by case basis, depending on the child. I was a very self sufficient child. Do you see what I mean? Like I would clean my, I would clean my room naturally. My parents didn't need to say clean your room clean your or room. make your bed. You know what I mean? They did it. They 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 told me these things. Yeah, they told me these things when they, I was very young. No, they, they, no, they told and me. And then these, they just became they, a they, thing. The, the thing is, they told me these things because they felt they had to tell me these things. I'll clean your room, tidy. Da, 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 yeah. da. My room was always tidy. My room was always. Yeah. I had a particular way. Yeah. You see how I am. I have a particular way of doing things and having yeah. things set. So that was kind of that. But if you have someone like one of my siblings, for example, who's just literally just Nonsense. lives in their own mess, <laughs> yeah. tidies up in a whirlwind, and yeah. cleans up, and then goes back into the mess again, and then all that stuff. Yeah. That's them, and I think that I think it's more like you need to allow your children to be more. I would co- say that, to but come, then also to come, in, to come into themselves a little bit because you can't yeah, you give can't, them a bit of space. You can't whip them into all of this shape before they they know what shape they want to take. Exactly. Yeah, you, I you agree. You know what I mean? And then because then it leaves them feeling guilty. It leaves them feeling yeah. Oh, should I? It leaves them feeling resentful sometimes. You gotta just be sure. Do you that, know how many times I just sit there and I'm like, bitch, why the hell do I have to clean this place? all the time however I do think that for example me I was always told and they were always like oh if we didn't tell you you wouldn't do it I'm like and in my head I'm just like I would have done it I just would have done it a bit later than you would have wanted and And that was my issue is leave me to it and that's the thing so you got to you got to sit there and you got to think like oh if I hadn't told you to x y and z you would have have done done but you think to yourself I would have. I would have done that. Just later. But I, I, I would have done it. In my I, would have, I, would, I would have done it still. I just didn't. But you know, but instead of teaching me out of love, you taught me out of duty and therefore... Now I don't it, want to it, do it. Made, it made me fearful mm. of not being able to do it. Yeah. So then you're raising a house of anxiety and then that's And then when they're cleaning, you're just like, have I... Well, every time my aunt would go and wash the dishes, in my head, I'm like, damn, you know I've done do, something do you wrong. Know, do you know so I, I would be shaking, do Alex. You know do you know what's so funny? Just on a final point before we move on to the next thing. Um... <laughs> Like, so I'll be, because I'm in the attic, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoovering my stairs and whatnot. You're hoovering your the, stairs. The, 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 the stairs coming down. Got, if I'm hoovering the house, I'm starting from the top. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. not about to do all of them. Anyway, I have a method. So, so and then my dad's like, oh, you know, when you hoover the stairs, you, you should wipe the banisters. I looked at him. I was like, Dead. oh, I was like, oh, the cloth is downstairs. <laughs> then, you see what I mean? Oh, the cloth is downstairs, though. And he's like, 
looking at me like, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> press the hoover back on. <laughs> you know I mean? Because at the end of the day, yeah, why are you telling me? If we're all living in, at this stage. Just get in the damn cloth and wipe it yourself. At this stage, we are all in the house. <laughs> and then you're out here showing me how to wipe that. Don't. Because I don't need to know. I don't need to. Because <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm hoovering the stairs. If you want to, if you want to clean your banister, clean your banister. Clean your banister. Not, you pay for this. You, Honestly. You painted the banister. You cleaned the banister. <laughs> I know what I mean? I know that I'm going to. First child syndrome don't is move wild. Now. Just eldest, eldest in the house. You're just, you're just stressed. And I really felt for this girl, man, because Corday was just stressed. All the time. Yeah. She was looking after her mother. She At the one point, she was chasing an aunt with a damn stick outside. You know, Auntie Taiwo. Honestly, it was a bit mad. Mm. But um, yeah, and I quite like the idea of like, like dealing with a family saga in a way. Because um, I, as in what is it? The Guardian referred to it as sibling loyalty comes under pressure in a Lagos um, in a Lagos set debut that mixes crime, love story, and family saga, which is a really kind of cool and and, and, and concise description of this book. Um, it's quite interesting because I also see aspects of uh, the fishermen and this in the loyalty that there is between siblings. And there is this big, big um, thing in conversation about siblinghood in uh, quite a few Nigerian narratives that I've read, even in... Um, one of my favorite, like my favorite Chimamanda, which is a thousand, oh, not a thousand splendid sons. God, that's Harlan Husseini. Um, what's my favorite half Chimamanda? A half of a yellow sun. And um, there are two um, siblings, two sisters who um, are quite close and they're very, very different. And it's all about that connection between them as well. So I guess it's just the idea of family. And it's mm. so weird because a lot of books that we read from modern authors are moving away from this, from the outside into the domestic. Mm. And I think that's quite progressive in a way because then we are finally talking about our day-to-day lives rather than the pol- the political, the, the, the universal, the community. We are talking about the day-to-day lives. And sometimes it's cool to embed that idea of politics, community, the, the socioeconomic into the home. But sometimes I just want to talk about how crap my sister is, you know? Just like, you little bitch. Yeah. Like, get over yourself. And I think that's really cool for, um, for the story, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really liked it. I just hope, I just really wanted to know more about Ayola because I felt like, she was presented in a way that was rather, you know, cuckoo, like just empty in the head. But I think this this girl had issues. Like the the question remains, why is she killing these niggas? Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I would be very happy if she's shortlisted. Um, I'm I would 100%, be. I'm 100% sure my internet has just gone completely crazy. So I don't know what's going on my my laptop. But and it's a great debut. Uh, um, it's a great debut. Mm. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing storytelling, and I hope to see more from Absolutely. her. Absolutely, I hope to hear her get further in that in the women's prize as well. Because it's great that she was we, even nominated. Yeah, we, uh, we need these stories. Yeah. So mostly flicks this week. <laughs> do you want to start off with what we're watching, or do you want to start off with the film we want to talk um, about? Oh, I think. Can do what are you watching first? Okay, cool. Yeah, so what are you watching, Alex? Um, other than watching Will and Grace, 
because <laughs> um, it's actually so funny. It's actually yeah. really funny and so relevant for now. Um, what have I been watching? I watched this. Oh, okay. So on Amazon Prime, there's this uh, medical drama called New Amsterdam. Ooh. And it's kind of similar, not necessarily Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. but I feel like Grey's Anatomy is so is like so beautifully shot, so beautifully. Like, I feel like New Amsterdam is a bit more, a bit rougher. Okay, a bit so rougher. it's like indie Grey's. Yeah, like an indie Grey sort of thing, <laughs> Grey's Anatomy sort of thing. And I feel like I don't even want to make the comparison, but a new uh, medical director came into the hospital in New Amsterdam, which is one of the most like in on- Amsterdam. No, in New York, sorry. I but see. it's called New Amsterdam. And just fired people? So is it that one? Pardon? When she was like, who's in the surgical department? Yeah, yeah, Hands yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, 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 You're all one. fired. Yeah, yeah, is one. it that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, one. okay. I saw that. Oh, I saw yeah. the ad. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, and yeah, so in that scene, so he walks in and he's, he's talking as a medical director. Medical director doesn't have to wear scrubs. He wears scrubs because he says he's a doctor. Yeah. So why would he not wear scrubs? Um, he doesn't act in the way that a medical director does. Um, he goes into the into the kind of into the assembly where he's talking to you know the staff yeah cardiac department you're fired does he actually fire all of them fires them all he fires um he's fired all the heads of the department he starts again because he's like if you can let certain people if you can choose certain um ethics over the actual patient so why so why do you fire them is it for a good reason yeah i think it was something like you you chose you're choosing money over the health of the patient mm-hmm. and he's very much about the patient he's been in something that I don't know I've forgotten I don't know I've seen him in something yeah because I, I saw the picture is. and I was like oh I know you yeah. yeah but it's a really good really good show um, really well written um, really interesting it's it's rougher around the edges which makes it a bit more realistic mm-hmm. um, so you've got it centred around him the medical director the head of the ER the head of um the, the oncology department, the head of the psych department and the head of neurology. And they all kind of like work together in this way that the hospital, that hospital would work. And they, he kind of does like, he takes on extreme cases. He kind of makes sure that he puts the patient first and then the psych ward is really looking at foster kids and how they mm. experience things. And he's a psych, he's in the psych ward, but he works predominantly with like young people and kids. Okay. So, um, very good show. Yeah. Very good show. Um, I don't know what else I'm watching other than that. This is us. It just had me all over the place. This Where are you week. watching it? Are you streaming it? I'm illegally? watching it in places in, in that places. are legal. Illegal. But if you you know yeah. that yeah, question that. answer. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so just send me that link. I'm watching it, and then we can we can discuss further in the right places. In the right places. Um, <laughs> So I you know, until until there is a streaming service in the UK which actually caters to American Britbox will do it. Britbox needs to do that. Okay. <laughs> so I don't have to don't have to shuck and jive around these questions and answers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. So um, but this is us. Um, everything legal here, you know. <laughs> everything has to be. Um, I don't know how far you are and this is us. Um, I they're having marital issues. I think I've just finished season one because I ain't watching season two if it's not free. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, so... Oh, I'm on the one where... Are you on the, season one? No, I'm on the one where she goes off to sing and then this guy hits on her who the dad is was was aware oh, of this and then he goes and then punches... Rebecca. You're Rebecca. Okay. Anyway. That's, that's that episode. That's yeah, the last episode I remember so, watching. And then Thingy has a, has a breakdown. One of them has a breakdown. The black guy... As an, as an anxiety has it, yeah, and then, yeah, that's, that's and then the thing good. comes running like, oh, Kevin, he's, so you're, yeah. you're far, far, yeah, far, it's far, not, 
season far, one. That's far back. I'm on season three. Apparently now you. things are happening. Issues with um, the, the marital life with Beth, who is me, basically. I literally look at that person and be like, if no. as as a wife, that will be me. You're not there. But I'm a, are you my husband? How would you know? Uh, you wouldn't. No. So be quiet. No. Yes, I will be. I don't look at her and see you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> your, that's, that's your own personal problem. You're not supposed to. I look at me and see her. Okay. So they're going. Um, you make me sick. It's a, it's a, it's a very. <laughs> they're going through some issues. I hear. It's a. Uh, oh, I a, hope there's no divorce. It's, it's a rough time. Oh no! It's like blackish. But, Remember when they were going through no, issues? No, no, yeah, it was yeah, emotional. That, that was dark. But this is Ooh. like this is this is a, it's done in a way that n- neither of them are in the wrong, but both of them are in the wrong. Mm. So you can't even be like, oh, I text her, but I text her. It's like. You're right. It's, it's like proper marital right, issues. But you're right. But you're but you both are right. Yeah. Oh, they but need to get. Been, they just need to. Yeah. yeah. I can't have. I can't have anything happening there. Kate. Oh, Kate is the um, the have, one that's obese who yeah, has the the, the 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 girl, the daughter, the daughter. Yeah. What's that, up with her? Because she was going to get married to that guy in the first I, season. I, I, I don't know how much you want to know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't want to know nothing. Okay, fine. Then, just send me that legal link that you have. And we can with talk. With the subscription fee. With the subscription yeah, fee. And how much and then you want to do that's your budget. Right. That's right. And then we we'll talk about it further. We can do that. That's we can right. Do that. But yeah, <laughs> This Is Us has been really, it's been really intense this week. Um, I'm waiting for How to Get Away with Murder. To, oh my God. To come, I, off, to come off my neck. I've stopped. I think I stopped just a few episodes before Kerry Washington comes in. So I'm hella, behind. I'm behind you're on that behind. one. I need to get back on it, but is it good? Because it dulled for a bit, you know? Yo. It's like this bitch had a baby and, you know, I'm, I get confused. I'm like, who killed who? Laurel. At this point, I don't know. Yeah, Laurel just... Like, yeah. who killed who? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, like, each season, you're going so to have to... Each season, you have to kill somebody and, 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 and everybody is linked back to the first season. So I'm just a bit like... At this point... Don't you choose people? First of all, I've I forgotten who killed her husband. Okay. Who was it? Who killed her husband? I'm not going to say. Wasn't it all of them? Here, huh? Was it all of them that killed her husband? Because he, he, did he fall down the stairs? Yeah, I think it was Michaela and I don't know. Wes. Michaela and Wes were in yeah. the house when he fell down the stairs. Right. I can't remember whether it was him that killed. Anyway, I wanted to come back. I needed to come back. Um, Who and... killed Wes again? Was it Laurel's dad and his hunch, hunchman? Yes, it was. Henchman. Yeah, yeah. henchman. Yeah. <laughs> I said henchman. <laughs> I'm so foreign. <laughs> A mess. A anyway, henchman. What are you watching? I am watching the marvellous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. I absolutely adore it. I saw the advert and I thought, this is not. This ain't it. I adore not, it. not for me. It is beautiful. <laughs> Oh my God. So the amaz- the marvellous Mrs. Maisel is a sort of um, period comedy drama um, created by Amy Sherman uh, Palladino. And it centres, mm-hmm. um, it's basically set in 1958 New York. And there is this young Jewish housewife called Miriam Maisel, mm-hmm. but she goes by Midge. And um, she's a housewife who is discovering the that she's got this knack for um, comedy and mm-hmm. stage drama. And, and sorry, um, she's basically a comedian. And in the beginning, she's like helping her, oops, sorry, her husband, who is like not funny at all. And she's the one that kind of tutors him and, you know, tells him, oh, you know, do this, maybe do this. And she's really, really into it. And she's so funny. And um, it's all, a, and then her husband leaves her because he's just a stupid white man. And um, she has to now fend for herself, but also 
figure out this new dream that she has, this new thing that she realizes that she's good at, which is stand-up comedy. And obviously, 1958 New York, the outfits bang severely. Mm. Also, it is filmed so beautifully. And you know me, I love a good script. Anything written well gets a thumbs up from me. Mm-hmm. This show, guys, is one of the best written shows I have ever watched. As in, it's beautiful in the way that it's shot, in, in the clothes and, and the cinematography. It's it's okay. But the, the writing is possibly the best I have seen. It's witty. It has dry humor, light humor, funny humor, dirty humor. It's, it's, it's like a sharp rapier wit. Like it's so succinct mm-hmm. and so precise and so funny. But it's, oh, like I can't stop gushing about it because it's <laughs> so phenomenal. It's so good, guys. And I mean, rightly so. It's won, won a few Golden Globes. Um, she's even won two Best Actress Musical and Comedy. She's won Primetime Emmy Awards and Outstanding Comedy Series and Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. And it's been renewed for um, a third season in like last year. Mm-hmm. So just watch it. It's mm-hmm. called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. I think you'd love it. Okay. I think you'd love it. Just watch the first episode and you realize why I'm saying the writing is... And like, listen, we're both writers. Yeah, like, I'll try it. When I tell you the writing is mm. mwah, it's spectacular. Okay, I'll try it. That's I'll what try, I'm I'll watching. Try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. And shout out to my friend Sabia who told me to watch this. And she was like, oh my God, Ray, you would love this. And I was just like, really? 1958 New York with some like white Jewish woman who's a housewife, really? And, I'm, and I watched the first episode and I was hooked. Cool. So give it a go. I'll have a look because I saw, I saw the banner there and I was like, mm, yeah. should I? Because I was in the process of thinking, should I rewatch Lost? Um, I've never watched Lost, you know. It's on Amazon Prime. It's there. Do you think I should? I think you should. I think you should. Yeah. Because I was looking at it. I think there's Lost. There's Prison Break. Because what I what's bad is that I know that apparently them being lost was set up. So I'm like, does that mean that? Watch it though. Because I'm just like, I know the crux. Like you were set up. Like this is this was intentional. It's the first. It's the first. I feel like it's one of the first box set series that kind of kicked off all of these series to come really i thought it was desperate housewives lost no with regards to what came first lost or heroes i want to say lost because if not then it was heroes because but then again i did watch heroes after when it all finished yeah but i would say that like lost prison break those kind of but when it comes to the dramas Mm. those were like the real kind of like also, I've started watching the OA. I don't know if you've seen that. I've heard about it. I've, I've heard about it. it. I saw someone tweeting it yesterday. I saw it. I, I think it was like Caleb Femi that was tweeted about it. Oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, and then what's his name? <sighs> Anyways, there was somebody who was like, oh, it's like the second season. Is mm-hmm. he? Somebody said that, I think it was Caleb Femi who said that it's rare that the second season of something could even outdo the first season. That yeah. was even already epic. And I was like, oh, I literally saw that. And I was like, all right. I'm watching it. So I watched the first episode and I was like, ooh. Of season one? Of, yeah. And yeah, it was really, really I good. I thought about it. I thought about it. So I'm going to do right, that. I might try that. Yeah. So, All right. But quite similar. I always get recommendations because we watched Timeless. Yeah. So I always get recommendations because of that. Of the, of the on the. Yeah. On the and Night Flyers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. So the film we're going to speak about today is Us. 
<laughs> by Jordan Peele. Yeah. And obviously, as we said, or as we are going to be doing, we're doing a spotlight on, you know, the black leads. And at this month in March, yeah. we're doing female, female, female black life. female yeah. leads. And, you know, the black female leads in this in this one are Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o. And Shahidi. What, what, what's I the, forgot her name. I've got the name there, but her name's Shahidi. Oh, the, the young girl. Yeah. The, she the, was the most creepiest one. The daughter. Well, um, like she was creepy as hell. The daughter. Yeah, Shahid, Shahadi right Joseph. Shahadi right Joseph. The Joseph in terms of her, us. No, no, okay, no, okay. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So, she was just mad. Okay, so us. <laughs> so us is written by Jordan Peele, produced by Jordan Peele, directed by Jordan Peele. Everything is within his production company, Monkey Paw Productions. Yeah. I was clocking the credits on this show, on this film, because I was you like, were? I was like, uh, I was looking to think, I was looking to see how much he, how much input he had, and he, he across the board, he was, he yeah. was in it, and I was like, he was like, this is my film, uh, this is this, I thought like, this guy is not coming to play with his content. Um, yeah, it centers around, forgotten what the family surname is, but it's centered around a family. Um, Winston Duke is Gabe, the dad. Um, you've got Lupita Nyong'o, who's the who's Adelaide, the mum. Adelaide. Adelaide. You've got um, Zora. Zora, who's the who's, young who's, girl. The, the daughter, that the older, the oldest child, yeah. and their daughter, and, and the youngest child is Jason. Evan. Yeah, Jason, but played by Evan Alex, and yeah. it was his first. It was introducing him. I think it was introducing him as the as an actor yeah. into the into the thing. So. It's a scary film, like it's supposed to be Do a thriller. I feel like it's, it's a thriller. thriller. It's, it's, a, thriller. it's a thriller. That I mean, was very scary. I mean, okay, guys, before we get there, there are going to be spoilers in this part. If you want to stop and just not listen and I'll come back to it a bit later. Do so. Go and read your reviews. Go and do what you got to do. But we're going to be talking about the film in its entirety. So I'm sorry. Skip to the end. Stop listening. Whatever. Yeah. Do. Um, yeah. What did you think about the film? How did you? So, how did you get there? I obviously it's caused a lot of press. Yeah, I've heard. So I went to see the film and I'm quite, I don't really like to watch horror because I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. Um, but I was like, you know what? I have to watch this. My fellow East African queen is in this. I have to go and support. Um, I thought that for a thriller, scary film, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a plot twist at the end which is interesting. And because I quite like to immerse myself in film, I, I actually don't really like to think much when I'm watching films because I always see something that I'm like, hmm, let's think about that further. But I'm like, you know what? No, let's just carry on watching the film. So I could have definitely seen the plot twist, mm-hmm. but I just chose not to. Um, So obviously this film centers around their, this family who are confronted by their doppelgangers when they go back to their family beach house in Santa Cruz. And it starts off with obviously young Adelaide who was on holiday and goes into this like fun house called the house of mirrors the hall of mirrors or whatever and meets her doppelganger essentially um obviously what we don't know is that something happened yeah yeah that's a big thing that we're not going to spoil um but then she comes back to that in the like the summer and things are a bit booky and all of a sudden um, these doppelgangers coming out with like their red suits and their like one glove reminiscent of Michael Jackson's thriller. It guys, it's just so like heavy on black culture, like little like instances of yeah, like things yeah. that I'm like, ah, interesting. Um, and they carry around these like scissors and they're confronted in their home by each of the doppel, the, they're basically themselves. Mm-hmm. And 
um, there is this phenomenal scene when Lupita's doppelganger is sat explaining to her, like, I've seen you live your life and it's phenomenal. And each time something good happens to you, something bad happens to me. You have this amazing husband. I meet this awful man who I've have to be attached to. You meet these you have these babies and these children and my son is born and he's like this. Yeah, if I think it's Jetta and 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 that point she was like, you know, you had your cesarean, I had to cut him out myself. I had to cut him out myself. Yeah. So it was like Mad thing. Yeah. And the thing is so that I mean and it's the thing is with this with this genre with this genre that kind of like that Jordan Peele's trying to come with and the way he's writing and kind of his tone that he's mm. creating for um, his work, it's actually quite interesting because he specifically goes in with something so obvious and so blatant and so simple mm. and makes and layers it up so much that it leaves you thinking, wow, what did I just watch? What, Didn't you what? have more questions though? So with I me, I, I think I that so was my issue. Okay, was so, because, what are your questions? so basically, in the beginning, it starts off with this whole idea that in America, across America, underground, there are these sewers that have been left and they're empty. And these sewers underneath are basically filled with these doppelgangers. And I got a bit confused because at the end, I was like, in the end, basically, because... It's not just their family, um, Gabe and um, Ad- Adelaide's family that are confronted with these doppelgangers. It's basically the whole of America. Mm-hmm. The doppelgangers have risen up, risen up from the sewers and they're up on top and they're holding hands across, basically across the whole nation, yeah, right? hands across America. Hands it, across it was, America. It was, a, it was an actual organization. Right at the beginning where they go around helping people in it poverty. A, it's a real organization yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't their soul to like, you know, get rid of poverty yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And I think the crux was because essentially, we're just gonna have to spoil it. Um, this is what I got a bit confused in because I was like, okay, so the bad, the, the doppelganger Adelaide, when, when they swapped when she was younger, mm. right? Basically the good Adelaide went down into the sewers and was replaced. However, mm. therefore, because it's like, oh, you know, they saw me different. She came up with this idea of rising up and holding hands across America, right? Mm-hmm. To get and just kill off these other people. Yeah. It was it that, because maybe I'm just overthinking it. Was it that, because obviously we don't get given the issue, the, the, the answers. Mm. Was it what? What's, what's, the, what's the question? Right? Was it that, like, <laughs> was it that, Let's go up, kill the original us because technically they have messed up the world and let's hold hands and make a statement because we are the ones that should be up there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's how I, like, is it that? It's more like, I feel like I have no answers. Like, I don't know because I don't know what's going through um, his mind when he's writing these things but um i feel like it's the we're gonna go up with um with adelaide well with one of the clones that are beneath mm. her idea was to come up and get revenge on the person that took her mm-hmm. and switched her around and um when you're doing that and when you're when you're in there and you're actually trying to to rally the people and you you basically your but your sole purpose is for revenge 
going up, she's like, you know, we need to get revenge on everybody because there's people that are like us up up there. But ted- she's not like to, them, though. Tethered to us. Who's not like them? Like, original Adelaide, who went down into the sewers and got replaced, she's not like them. Like who? who? She's not the people... She is the person upstairs. She's not the doppelganger downstairs. But she was forced to be down there. Exactly. So they switched. Yeah, they switched. Yeah. But she would want revenge on the actual person who should be downstairs. Exactly. So she's thinking, if you went upstairs and you knew that this atrocity is happening all your life, so what, I'm guessing 25 years plus of your life, you knew that this was happening downstairs. Why did you not say anything? Why is it? Why, That's true. You know I mean? Yeah, I see why that. Is, yeah. Why did you not say anything? So, she put, so I think she said that she got to a stage when she was what, doing her ballet mm. thing and then she they realised that she wasn't like them. like them sort of thing and then that was kind of oh um like this is this is it this is it now we need to make we need to make the change i do I think, think it tried like, like it did try to do more than maybe it should have mm. because i feel like it was i feel like it was beautiful it amazing, was it was amazing, amazing but amazing. there were so many questions that mm. i'm a bit like Ugh. however the one thing that i love i loved in this was gabe and i saw one tweet when someone was like it was so great to find the epitome of a useless black man. <laughs> because it's so true. Gabe was so useless. He was like, if you want to get crazy, <laughs> we can get crazy. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I want to go outside. I'm going to put, like, these guys are nothing. And I was like, get off my property. don't go Don't go out there. And the thing is, like, and I think, the thing, like, when I sat down and thought about it and the conversations I've had with people, like, after, I'm like, okay, this is mental. So, like, there's a bit where um, Lupita's like to Zora, go get your trainers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, rah. In my mind, I'm thinking that's just a mother saying, make sure that you're just ready to go. But mm-hmm. then thinking about how the story went on, mm-hmm. it was like, she knew that you're going to have to run. So get it going. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where Lupita's saying, you know, these things about how she wants, to, how she feels like they're, they're coming for her. And like, you know, there's always going to be a, something that's going to always yeah, gonna be happening. Yeah, they're always wanting to her, yeah. But she, was, she basically was just trying to tell her husband that we need to go because mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. Because I saw, I saw, what, I, 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 saw I saw what um, Jason drew and I feel like that's kind of, uh. mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? So all the, there were so many like clues. One thing, oh, there were so many that. clues because even the part when, remember they went to the white person's house, their, their white friend's house. And then Lupita. They were, they were the first to die on screen. Bam. Lupita and their doppelgangers came and after they left or whatever. So Lupita came and was, there was a point where I think this was great because it's like the duplicity of who we are as human beings, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that it's so beautifully written in a way, like we have these dark sides of us. And the fact that Lupita was supposed to be the cleansed version, but she was actually the, the bad version. But throughout the whole time, she wasn't bad. She was good. Mm. She was a good mother. Yeah. And she wanted that good life. And it's just amazing. she had that. And she, she had, had that. She had the opportunity to yeah. be a good mother. She, she had the infrastructure there that will support her to, to her for her to be good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then there was a part when she was killing one of the, the twins. And she was just like, Arr! and then she was grunting. And then Jason saw her, looked at her in a way. And she was like, let's go. Yeah. And then obviously in the end when he's in the cupboard and it all goes down and yeah, she's yeah, killing yeah, the bad yeah, version yeah. and she's like, like yeah, proper yeah, like, grunting. yeah. And then he's like, wait, what? So all these times, these little clues are there. Yeah. Like, actually, no, it's not so clear cut. There yeah. isn't just a, a version upstairs and a version downstairs. We are all kind yeah. of 
do mingled you, in together. Yeah. Do you say, all right. So, okay. So the main question is, um, it's a bit like, what do you think the main meaning was? I had this whole idea of the privileged and the underprivileged. Yeah. I had a main idea of the people that were able to be kind of like in their, be able to be and in their entirety and not looked at, for example, like the homeless mm. or people that are destitute or people that are beneath them, whether they be disabled or um, whatever. Like I looked at it from a, from a class issue mm-hmm. and obviously you can extend that to a race issue. You mm-hmm. can extend that to a sexuality issue. You can extend it to all of these different things. How did you think? I that, thought of it as like- there layers to this film, man. Mate. There are like, because I thought about, I thought all the things that you did, mm-hmm. but the one big thing that I thought was like the idea of lacking and, and gain. So, for example, even though like you have these doppelgangers downstairs, they are doing the exact same thing that you are doing, but they're lacking in something. So, for example, basically, they're almost like in labs. There's this idea of like, um, there are these rabbits everywhere, you know, rabbits that people experiment on, whether it's makeup or any sort of like, you know, dermatological thing or medicine or whatever. You, you know, you would experiment on, 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 on animals, most specifically um, rabbits. And then um, you will test it on the real thing. So the real thing being us in that sense. And I think what this um, movie kind of illustrated is that these doppelgangers of ourselves are the things that are tested on and parts of ourselves maybe that are if we weren't given the opportunities and if the infrastructure and and the social economic environment wasn't there for us to thrive we would be acting these things but we'd be lacking in it some upstairs a version of me will be eating a burger Mm. downstairs a version of me will be performing the action of eating but they're not eating a burger but they'll, they're performing that action, yeah. but they're not actually gaining the thing that they're doing, yeah. which sounds really weird. But yeah, so I, I think for me, it was like, it, the big thing was lacking. It's like, they're performing the exact same action, but just not in the environment suitable for that action without having the thing, the actual thing that they're doing present. Yeah. And the other big thing, obviously, was the idea that this duplicit nature, which is what I know that Lupita and the whole us gang have been talking about in their press interviews is just the idea of we have two different sides or sometimes we have three or four or five. We have all of these aspects of ourselves and we just need to come to terms with that in a way. It's you're neither good nor you're bad because Mm. especially from the idea of, for example, Lupita in in the film who was just stellar, by the way. Yeah, Um, fantastic. Just wow, like legit. So for, for me, for her, it was really interesting that she swapped roles because the whole time I was like, you're such a good mother. Mm. Just the way that she was treating her kids. It was so, it was so refreshing to just see a black family. Yeah. yeah. Be a family. This is it. And like the, the, the yeah. And like, doing the dumb white shit, white people shit that they do in, in yeah. white people horror like films. They go to a, they go to a summer house each year. Right? And and, the and they, they, they the, the, the kids stuff. don't follow instructions. Stay here. And they're running away. I'm like, what are you doing? You're, 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 you're doing white people shit <laughs> that they do in white people horror films that get them killed. Yeah, I, mean. I was so frustrated. No. But it's it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was really it was amazing, perfect. It was amazing seeing her. The thing is, I don't know, like, it was amazing seeing And they were all black. one shade, you know? You didn't you see no like, lighting. Can you, it, there it, was no, what's her name? Yara Shahidi in there. This is what I was about to say, because I feel like I, when, when people placed uh, a black family on screen, they yeah. just placed them whichever shade and just make it just, just, black. Or just black. Just but black. Obviously, make it make sense. Make it make, make sense. It make sense. And I feel like that's what we had here. Because we at had... least if you're going to have a lighty kid, have a lighty grandparent oh, yeah. so you see where the alleyos exactly. come from. So, so yeah, so it's the alleyos. <laughs> 
So this, I mean, so like, it was just like, so you, you see all that and I feel like it's such a great representation. It was Jordan phenomenal. Peele, Jordan Peele, like, your mind is just and also it was great that there wasn't this this like trauma or there was a trauma that was more psychological and it was like a trauma for the horror not like past trauma like this fact like obviously you see Adelaide as she was a kid and her parents are are like middle class black parents they can afford a therapist for crying out loud you know like you know healthcare in America ain't free and ain't cheap and she's they are middle class parents who are going to a fair together yeah they got issues but who doesn't you know and all of a sudden she's in love with this like useless black man who is fine as hell because it's 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 back come on what do you mean it's my man so on top Austin. of just Austin oh, Duke was really good in there oh phenomenal just, like he's just his comedy comedic, was on pen comedic timing on 10 just the awkward the awkward, awkward the awkward american father yeah the corny the jokes, dad jokes the oh. dad jokes the just the, the, the oblivion <laughs> And life. you know, you know that um, Lupita was a doppelganger from when her rhythm was off when she was doing. Let's do a beat and she's looking at the beat. And I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, this, doesn't, this don't look right. <laughs> that should have been the first clue that we saw. This don't look right. But, but no, know, it was a great film, man. I feel like it was, it was amazing, a, it was, it was a film. good film. It was yeah. a good film. Yeah, I feel like it did have me shook, though. I cannot lie. Cannot lie. I came I here went, and I was looking at myself went, in the mirror. Like I went to the. I'm gonna say this on air. I went to the black. Uh, we black. We're black journalists. We are black journalists event. Yeah. And it was in a church. <laughs> oh, so oh damn! I went there and I was like, let me go to the toilet. Went upstairs. <laughs> went into the toilet. The light wasn't working. Oh shit! The door. I had to have, had to have the door ajar with my foot to oh. make sure. I thought it was motion sensors. <laughs> and like I was like, I'm not going in here if the lights aren't on. Uh huh. Because the same day I saw it. Uh huh. And the door was squeaking. And it oh yeah, because I and, called you and you were like, we need to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was squeaking. The door was squeaking. <coughs> yeah. The door was squeaking. So oh, I was like, shit. Eh. and you know, like it was all of that. But then also, when, they- when Adelaide was um, whistling. When, when she, when she, oh when, yeah, she was in the hall of... And that's what it sounded like. Ooh. And I was like, it's dark, it's whistling. I can't be in here with my current Shit. state of mind. It was crazy. Had a dream last night. You know, night. Alex is a dark skin yeah. man. He wouldn't even be able to see himself. This is what I'm saying. Up in that building. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Oh damn, and you must have been scared. I would have been sure it would have just been me and my doppelganger with the white hair and the white eyes. Just like... Just looking at you. Doing like doing croaky, croaky voice. What like, it is. What What's up? Nope. I don't need it. I don't need it in my life. I don't need I don't need that drama in that stress. Oh my goodness! I really I wonder- feel like my doppelganger would be real like just she'll be crazy. <laughs> I think she'll be mad because you know I have a bit of decorum left in me. Yeah, I have yeah. a bit of you know pride and and you know. Yeah. But I feel like my doppelganger would be just like let's burn shit up for fun. <laughs> no, you'd be like Zora's doppelganger. Zora's doppelganger yes. was she, you know because you know like just look right, at you in a way. So all the four doppelgangers they all reflected their. Their, their person yeah. in a way. So for example, Winston Duke's character, Abraham, um, Gabe, who's the- Was the, also the just clone, a the clone doofus. Was, the, claim was, the clone was called Abraham, mm. but he um, couldn't see. Oh, yeah. He took he took uh, Gabe's glasses and put them on and he's like, oh wow, yeah. I can see, sort yeah. of thing. So it's like, he was obviously deprived from that growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, the lacking. Zora, Zora, is it Zora? Yeah, um, Zora. She, running, like yeah. and her and her double ganger gave her a head start. She was like, clicked, "Go on!" Clicked, clicked like, in her yeah, she was like, "Pop, pop, pop!" She yes, like, girl. She was like, "We're yeah. ready." <laughs> Sorry, I find that so funny the way Zora ran though. Zora, <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she, she was like, because she's like, she was like, um, like, what was it? Lapita. The, the clone was like, "Run!" And I was like, 
And she was like, go. Yeah, the video was like, listen, yeah. Cut down the road. Listen. She She was like, I am not about it. And she was still caught. And she was still caught. She was still caught. And Jason, he likes fire, obviously. And he likes to play little games. And his one was like this. Oh, his one made me just really weirded out because he was burned, didn't it? His face was burned. He's um, the clone. The doppelganger, his face yeah, was burned. So, there are so many theories that we probably don't have time to go into, but oh, yeah, it was why a did lot. His face burned. Did the, did the light, did the light, did the light of the Jason hand? Oh, yeah, and it, and it never was it turned was, on, but it, all it of never, a sudden, yeah, yeah. And the other one was burnt, and yeah. So it probably clicked, it probably, it turned, probably on. turned on under, yeah. underground. Fun. Look at it, this what I'm look saying. at it. I don't know, this is it. I don't know, but yeah. um, he's working on something else right now, though. Okay, is he? Oh, yeah, um, coming to rattle everybody. Again, yeah, I know he's working on something else. With a socio-po- socio-political twist. I can't. <laughs> I can't <do> it. <laughs> oh, man. I yeah, I think it. it's called The Twilight Zone. Oh, my God. I think it's called The Twilight Zone. Um, but I will double check that for you. All right. Well, that's us. Make sure that you guys go and watch it. I know that we've kind of talked it out of its shell sort of thing but make sure that you guys go and watch it it's an amazing amazing film I might go and watch it again oh um, yeah so make sure you go and watch that no it's not I don't know I'm talking about something else okay Twilight Zone is a television series yes it is I'm so stupid <laughs> but uh, I'm sure of it okay cool well, he's probably oh he's doing another one I think it's coming out 2019 the Twilight Zone oh he's working on it yeah it makes there's, sense. A, there's a trailer it's his genre I guess but yeah, I, I want to end with though, Jordan Peele said something along the lines of somebody was asking him, like, do you ever see um, you like putting maybe a white man in your stories? And he was like, no, nah, I will continue centering black people in my films um, because I've seen that other story. Like yeah. I've, I've, already watched, I've already watched that story they won't before. Be white, they will not be white leads. Yeah, he, he was literally like, I've seen that movie before. And I just thought that was so phenomenal of him so yeah and that's what I like because I think we had we had a black family on screen for long like for a long time until we went to the beach and saw the white family Mm -hmm. and I was like wow all the people that we saw dead were white everybody rather than anybody (gasps) I mean like the first first person to die in the film was white so it was like you know what I mean like it was just well, not, you know, but it, it wasn't, you know what I mean like it's it's not to say oh my god yes it's like the black family survived it's like oh my god yeah. This is a story surrounding black people. Yeah, yeah. And their normal day-to-day lives yep. with their doppelgangers. Yeah. Phenomenal. We've gone well over time. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe. subscribe. Mostly Lit on Twitter, Mostly Lit pod on Instagram, MercyLit at gmail.com. Make sure you send us your questions for the culture questions. Um, we're going to be putting out some more calls for that this week. And yeah, stay tuned for any of the events and stuff that we're doing um, very soon. We got announcements very soon. So, yeah, man. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Yeah. We're very sorry we haven't been about. Yeah, but, you know. But we'll be doing stuff. (laughs) We've been doing stuff. We've been been recording. We've been doing stuff. All right. Well, catch you guys soon. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.